Hey, welcome back to the Full Court Press. This is Riley, back with you guys again, presented by the Craft Factory. Today, I'm here with Dorian and Greg, and uh, they are going to be my new co-hosts. Um, as of right now, uh, our good buddies, Pierre and Matt, are focusing on their other uh, their other podcasts, and we love them dearly. And uh, they will certainly be back on the show for certain uh, as guests and whatnot. And uh, we wish them the best for usual. They're the best. Um, yeah, how are you guys doing? What's good, everybody? This is Greg. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here to get this, uh, to see how this all works out, to get the ship rolling, to see just how we gel together and, and, and talk some hoops. Hey, guys. My name is Dorian. Uh, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller, all that jazz. <laughs> um, haven't met any of you guys before, but listening for a while now. So hopefully, you know, we'll figure out how everything gels between us and, you know, just talk hoops. Yep. Nice, man. Well, uh, I know uh, that Greg is a longtime Bulls fan, kind of currently a Clippers fan at the moment, kind of moving <laughs> in between, <laughs> in between <laughs> tribes a little bit. Uh, Greg, you want to speak on that exactly? Just explain yourself on what uh, where where we're at right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm a lifelong Bulls fan. That's not something that I, I ever step away from. I just okay. – I'm never – I feel like the the front office and not being very vocal about that for like the past four or five years. I feel like the front office has been terrible, and the Clippers have been on oh no, I've been paying attention to the Clippers even prior to like the big moves that they have. Um, I've been paying attention to the Clippers just uh, the year before they got Kawhi just because of like where they were going without Blake and uh, CP3 just moved away from Lob City, and it felt like the culture there was shifting. And I finally had a hometown basketball team to to cheer on. Because, um, you know, growing up here in L.A., we don't have any football. Well, in my time, I, I was born in 93, um, 28 years old. But in my time, we didn't have any football teams here in L.A. So um, I, I grew up a, a fan of the Cowboys just because of the time that I grew up in and my, and my parents to the fan of. Um, but then with basketball, like I, I follow closely UCLA. I, I've been a big time sports fan since I was a child, but I, I can never root for the Lakers. Um, and that's mainly because of their fans. And so now I finally had an opportunity. So now to, you root for the Clippers. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'm not a, I don't say I root for them. Um, because it's like I, when you're so invested in something, like you can't just switch sides all of a sudden. But I'm a fan of the Clippers. I can't say the Clippers is my favorite team. The Clippers is the best team, but it's a team that I love to cheer for uh that represents my whole town for sure just because yeah. of everything they, they have in regards to just like just being that that underdog team and being a team with a new culture and being a team with like with a brand new identity that's something i'm a fan of yeah i mean i give you credit for owning up on it too you know a lot of people try to sidestep questions like that but you know what i mean like where it's like no it's this and they almost get like like angrily defensive you know what i'm saying oh no so i'm glad that you uh, i'm glad that you, you explained that very calmly very cleanly you know we know where you're yeah. saying that's that's important you know what i'm saying <laughs> That's important. Uh, Dorian, what about yourself? Um, well, it's funny. You talk about the, the Clippers. I'm, I'm, I'm not a Clippers fan. I'm a Rockets fan, actually. Um, but I live here in Oregon. But uh, you know, I've been a Rockets fan about ever since. Probably I grew up in a Kim Olajuwon fan. So Ooh, lovely. Loved, loved the dream. Um, probably started watching them, honestly, right at the height of the Blazers, which was like 91, 92. 93 so i was obviously like the only rockets fan up here in the Pacific <laughs> northwest it felt like very few very um few. it's funny you bring up the clippers the only thing i can think about with the clippers is you know there was a quote from carrie champion years ago when the clippers and rockets played you know clippers go clip and you know when they <laughs> when they blew that 3-1 series and 
you know, came, <laughs> Rockets came back from like 20 points down in the fourth quarter. You know, it's just, it's, it's funny that you bring up there the was, Clippers There like was that. very tumultuous times in, in the Clippers <laughs> history, uh, dating all the way up until the last season. Uh, so hopefully this is a, a, a turn of new events uh, starting in 2021. <laughs> Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the Clippers don't clip for you. Then. Hopefully not. And uh, and shout out to the Rockets too. Shout out to Pierre actually because he's also a Rockets fan. So it's nice to know that the Rockets are in good hands on this podcast. Uh, well, it, very it important. Be. It's been a rough year. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's fun. And actually, we were just talking about uh, before we started. Me and Greg were talking about how uh, how nice it is to see Kevin Porter Jr. basically find a home there. He's got to cut his hair though. Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's his identity and no man, no this, no this is the same this is the same kid that you yeah, they changed his locker and they kicked yeah. him and they, he freaked out yeah. they kicked him off the team I don't know, ask him anything about anything unless it's playing ball and he's exactly. good <laughs> otherwise it's not gonna be good but no i'm uh, i'm really happy that dude found a home there because he uh he's been nice for you guys he's been nice for you guys you guys are gonna be fine you guys are gonna be fine you know what i'm saying right now well, it's they, tough. Gotta, they gotta keep that pick though it's a it's only yeah. top it's only top four protected. And <laughs> Very if key. Get, if they don't keep that pick, then it's a it's gonna be another tank year next year. Man, yeah, why are we on the subject? John Wall's captain of the tank team. So. <laughs> He's riding that shit for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I was thinking about why are we on the subject of, of of young people, and I don't mean to change the, the tone of the podcast or this episode, mm. but definitely prayers up to the family of of um terrence clark and prayers up to to brandon boston for those of you who don't know um terrence clark was the young freshman uh highly titled freshman uh going into kentucky last season he dealt with a lot of injuries but he was still one of those those kids that was so talented despite only playing i think he only played like eight games in kentucky uh, mm-hmm. this past season he was still like a a, a lottery to at least probably top 20 pick um mm-hmm. He passed away this afternoon, I believe, in, in Los Angeles, leaving a, a workout. Um, and it's, it's just unfortunate. You hate to see things like that, especially when kids when they're so close to to realizing, you know, certain goals they have set for themselves. Um, and they've been, you know, working towards that <clears throat> dream or attaining that goal. It's, just, it's heartbreaking to, to hear news like that. Yeah, it's uh... – that was really rough to hear. I mean, he he signed with Clutch yesterday, Clutch Sports. Uh, literally yesterday, he signed the paper. So that's uh, that's very tough. And also considering uh, that Brandon Boston, his teammate, was also uh, behind. He was in the car behind him. Apparently, they were leaving that workout. Um, yeah, it's devastating. It sucks to see any kid get cut short like that when they're that close to attaining. Right. Uh, like you said, attaining what they what they worked so hard for. It's it's uh, it's horrible. And I just hope that uh, his family can find some peace and. The brain in Boston can just find it in himself to, you know, just heal as best he yeah. can. You know, that's that's. Do a we tough know if one. there was any injuries for him? No, he was okay. He was yeah, okay. He was in a car um, following behind him. Yeah, he was in the car behind him, and there was no, and he wasn't involved in the accident from what I from what I've heard. Um, yeah, I just hope that he's uh heal. When I meant heal, is more um, you know, like emotionally on that yeah. one because yeah. that's traumatic. Yeah. That's traumatic stuff, man. I mean, he's got. I mean, and still the world keeps moving. He's got workouts coming up. He's yep. got a you know, still focus on, on his goal. And I mean, and that's, uh, yeah, it's, it sucks, but I mean, that's talk about something that's going to drive that kid to, to do some, do some amazing things in the future for sure. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. up to to both families out there. Yeah, man. That's tough, dude. 
But um, anyways, we're actually just seeing too this Lakers game is uh just ending. Looks like the Mavs are about to win this thing. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. good. Yep. Yeah. That's what we're seeing. <laughs> That's what I like to see mostly. Um. Oh, also by the way, just because you guys, I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, I am a lifelong Sonics fan, and that is uh, it's a tough burden to bear. The podcast knows this. It's a tough burden to bear. Uh, I do it. Uh, because I, 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 they will be back someday. And when they do, I want to be one of those cats that can say like, Oh no, no matter how old I am, like, Oh no, I, I told you they were going to come back. I knew like, I never gave up hope and faith and I knew and all this stuff. So I will be that guy. Well, you can um, be a thunder. You can be a thunder fan until then. Oh God. No, man. You know how many times people have asked me about that? Like, Oh no, just be a thunder fan. Oh no, oh, no way. Absolutely not. Uh, watching them lose the, lose their MVPs, their stars one by one. It was uh poetic to say the least. And, uh, and I mean, honestly now though, I mean, now they have some guys though that I actually like enjoy as far as like, uh, like Shay, um, you know, they have some young cats on the team and Lou Dort, you know, guys yeah. like that where I'm like, I root for those guys individually for sure. And now it's kind of a rebuild. Now that those guys are all gone, it's more that like, it's less hatred as much as it's just acceptance of the fact that they are who they are now. I just hate in like 2K games and stuff when they have, uh, they'll have like Thunder all time teams and like Gary Payton and Sean yeah. Kemper on them. And you're like, oh, like, no, man, they're in Thunder jerseys. Like they never even wore that jersey in their lives. <laughs> like that's so disrespectful. Um, and in fact, they like uh, try to claim that it's like they had a title in 79. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, no. I, obviously, and I say anything because I always uh, do like my GM or whatever in 2K because I'm like intrigued of seeing that play out. And I always like think about the Thunder and like, oh, I could do this with a with a brand new franchise. Then I get into the records and it's like Gary Payton, Sean Kemp. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it hurts. Every time I see that, it hurts. I'm not like, and when I say that, I know it's like all funny games. I'm genuinely like in my stomach. I just go, oh, every time it's like, dude, no. Well, maybe you'll be uh, maybe in a couple years when uh, Minnesota moves there. Um. Yeah. Oh, you know what, though? We have to actually have to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about that on here yet. That is something that I am could not be more upset about because what does Seattle not love also? Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> like, really don't miss Alex Rodriguez. Uh, he was the first star to really break our heart of several stars oh, yeah. that would eventually, he was one of the first ones to really break our heart Damn. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if he is the reason, first of all, I don't want to take a team from another franchise or from another city. I don't want to do that. I want, to, I want an expansion team. We almost got the Kings, and when that happened, I was excited. And then when we didn't get him, I was happy we didn't. Because I didn't want to take, I didn't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be someone's Oklahoma City. You know what yeah, I mean? You don't want like to. I don't want Sacramento, California, just go oh Seattle and just hate us like that. So I'd rather we just take a team, uh, the you know the natural way, uh, get one on our own. But yeah. if it's if I have to root for Carl Anthony Towns, who I don't, great guy, like amazing human being for sure. <laughs> one of my least favorite players. Soft for team. sure. <laughs> if I have to watch that dude. I just come to my team and I have to watch him play no defense and play 25 and 10 and be upset by the fact that they aren't winning, just throwing his hands like, what? When it's like, hey, man, it's on you at some point. And then A-Rod brings him there and we we have to, I have to like say, hey, thank you, Alex Rodriguez, for using all that money that you you got when you left us to now bring this team back to us and we have to give you a big hug. That's going to sting a lot. And I don't even know if I can do it. So I get where you're coming from. I understand it. Did you have any reserve or do you have any thoughts about it when like the Sonics first left, like maybe following OKC or are you just like, well, so I did I should, I, to be completely honest. I think there was like a good, like um, their first season they played. I'm pretty sure there was, I saw a Facebook, uh, you know, how Facebook will bring up like memories once in yeah. a while. I randomly saw one of those one time where I was, 
I was saying something pro Thunder, I want to say. It was something like, you know, I was hoping Kevin Durant played well or something. Mm-hmm. But it was something th- pro Thunder, and I deleted it immediately in the only way we'll ever know is <laughs> recording. But uh, no, I think there was in that first season, I remember the first couple of games I tried to get hyped about it just because like I missed basketball. But yeah. then I realized I was being young and foolish and I, uh, I switched it up. But that happens. it happens, man. No one's perfect, you know? <laughs> no one's perfect. Um, hey, guys, I want to talk about Julius Randle. That dude has been popping off on a pretty major level lately. Do you guys think that he deserves an all NBA team spot on any of the all NBA teams? I do. So, I don't think that not to cut you off, Dorian. Um, oh, say quick. Um, I don't, I don't think that there's what is it's two forwards, right? I don't think that there's six forwards who have had a better season than he did. Well, I kind of broke it down a little bit. I made a little list here of forwards. And the best I could do is potentially third team. Because, you know, you got LeBron, you got Giannis, you got Kawhi, you got Zion. Um, and then that third team is kind of a, a who's who of, like, could be this person, could be that person, could be Jimmy Butler, could be Paul George. Um, Davis probably isn't there anymore just because he's missed so much time. And then you got Randall kind of mixed in there as well. So at potential, I can see probably third team at most for me. Yeah, I, I think he's going to sneak in for yeah. sure. I think because I think he's he, at a certain point, like if you the NBA also too just needs they kind of owe it to him. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, man, this this kid is single handedly made one of your most proud, you know, it's like, quote unquote, proud uh, franchises like made you guys relevant, relevant again um, and really revitalize that whole city. I mean, the, the Nets have done that, too, but. You know, with the Knicks, it is a different vibe. You know, it's a little deeper. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to watch them, to watch them do what they're doing right now is they're just really fun to watch. It's yeah. it's, it's it's so it's nice to see. Like, and also to see Derrick Rose be a big part of that too. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we can all agree, Derrick Rose. I mean, that's somebody everyone's going to root for. Yeah. Um, like you know, how can you not? But uh, yeah, I really hope that they. Uh, I hope he does. I hope I think he sneaks in for sure. But like you said, Doran, it's it's really a jam packed space. There's yeah. not. It's really airtight. So he needs to keep doing what he's doing. It's like Steph like sneaking into the MVP talks a little bit right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. there's wh- whether it's valid or not. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Why? What was that sign, Dorian? Okay. I, heard, <laughs> I, heard, I, heard, I know. I heard it. I was like, <laughs> it's the most subtle. It's like I, I get it, but you know. <laughs> As a Rockets fan, yeah, I've, uh, I've had to uh, endure the people hating on Harden for, for many years um, with him putting up, you know, better numbers than Curry is doing. And, you know, Curry, last I checked, is in 10th. And, you know, he's barely in the plan right now. And, you know, <laughs> you can't be – you can't be – this is the MVP discussion. Like, this is as far as the discussion, I think, goes for – for Curry is like you can't even there's only 12 to 15 games left at max you know they're they're barely going to sneak in if they're in you can't be an MVP candidate if you're an eighth seed sorry in my yeah opinion. no I, I actually I, te- I tend to agree with the fact first of all I just don't think I, I love that he's getting some buzz because he's been at shooting in such an incredible yeah he definitely pace. deserves it he yeah, definitely I mean, deserves the, the buzz great. for sure but like at this point like everyone keeps trying to pepper in these guys and it's like like I thought Braun early in the year, but then obviously with the injury, obviously same with Anthony Davis, anything like that. Like the, if you're out long enough, that, that has to matter. Yeah. So yeah. it can't be Braun, can't be AD, can't be anything like that. 
Um, Embiid being hurt as he as he has this year has hurt him first. Has hurt him for the MVP talks as well. But I still think that he's in he's the right. running. For me, it's Jokic. Yeah. For me, it's Jokic because he's been doing it all year. He's on one of my fancy teams first of all, and like that dude's <laughs> oh, yeah. carrying me. Like like he's just he's so every time I look, it's nearly a triple double. <laughs> um, he's handling himself every night, and I think that's. I mean, I think because just because he's been doing it the entire season, I think it's yeah. his by default. But it, which sucks because I wish it was more. I wish there was more competition like that. I think Embiid's going to push him the last games. Um, but if Jokic, if they, if if they, because since they lost Jamal Murray, if the Nuggets can maintain, because uh, we, I think the Sixers are going to maintain regardless. I think Ben Simmons, he's been out a couple games, but he'll be back fine. Yeah, but yeah, I think that uh, I think Jokic like takes it. Do you guys think he holds on, or do you think someone tries to unseat him? I think it's between Jokic and Embiid at this point, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think, as much as it pains me, I think Harden was there um, with what he was doing with the Nets. He was, um, yeah. But he's just been he's been hurt. He's probably not going to be back until the playoffs at this point with his injury. But I think it's I think it's down to Embiid and Jokic. And honestly, you can't go wrong either way. I mean, Embiid has missed um, you know a handful of games. He's he's played about eighteen less games. Uh, last I checked, then, then, uh, then Jokic, Joker, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Jokic has been there all year, um, but like yeah, I said, I think, I think if I think if they can keep, they're in the fourth seed right now. Um, I think I don't think they can catch the Clippers. They're about four games behind the Clippers and Suns uh, to move up, and they're you know three four games up on the Lakers now, especially since the Lakers just lost. So they're probably, unfortunately, going to be playing the Lakers. <laughs> in the first round, hmm. which, which is going to be, which is going to be terrible. I think for everybody, honestly, just because no Murray, uh, for the nuggets. And, um, I think the Lakers will beat them handily. In like five. Yeah. If they're hell, if the Lakers are, if, if, if Bron and AD are on the floor, they beat them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if they're on the floor and like 85% each yep. health wise, they're good. Yeah. yeah. I think it's consensus here. I, I, I have the same picks. I have, I have the Joker winning it. I think the closest right now isn't beat. I did. I did like that there was rumblings with Harden when he was when he was uh, healthy because like when he first got to the Nets, people, not even people, the media, tried to really like deny his impact of what he had when he joined the Nets, and like he was playing at such an efficient level, like to where people just couldn't ignore what his impact was on the Nets. So prior to him getting injured, I love that he was like even in the conversation of potentially. Uh, being a contender or being in one of the top three for the MVP, so I think that that right there is good enough. It sucks that he got injured when he got injured, but I think this is this is definitely uh, Joker's this year. Yeah, actually, it's funny too because with Embiid and Harden, those are probably the two guys that on this podcast I've gone at the hardest as far as being harder, like understanding that they're both extremely talented and they both have done some amazing things. But being really hard on them as far as like, are they going to be on winners, like real mm-hmm. winners, and are they going to be the people that can take them there, and Embiid, first of all, his my whole thing with Embiid was like, get back in the post. You got to get back in the post. It has to start from there first. You, we know you can shoot a little bit. We know you have good footwork, but like use that footwork down low where it matters more. And he's done that. He's definitely like been taking less threes and has been able to actually attack the paint a little more. And mm-hmm. that's been beautiful. So, yeah. So shout out to him because he shut me up on that one. <laughs> but Harden as well. I mean, when Harden got there, I was basically like I was really upset that how he forced his way out because, you know, I I understand when guys want to get out, but sometimes I'm like, man, there's cooler ways to do it than when he, how I felt he did it. But he's still, I mean, when he got there, he started when, when I realized that he was going to be the true point guard and Kyrie was going to kind of be off ball a lot more then that made a lot more sense. And then I saw him do that and he, he's played out of his mind 
And when he was in the MVP talks, that was the first time in a long time I was like backing him up on it because I was like, dude, he's yeah, he's you can't you can't hate on a dude who's <laughs> yeah. putting up the numbers he's putting up. Yeah. And yeah, consistently make bringing the best out of guys because that's what I've hated on the most. It's been about him for so many years in Houston that to watch him so to flip that switch so easily to him being able to make the other guys around him that much better. It was, uh, yeah, he had to get the credit that he was getting before the injury. Yeah. Don't mind me as I shed my tears. <laughs> Dude, it was tough, man. I got to tell you, man, that trade, I was so upset. Like me and Pierre, I was going off <laughs> about like just how, because initially when I heard, when I heard the trade went down and I heard that Lavert and Jared Allen were a part of it, those are the two guys that I said that if, if the Rockets make that deal, make any deal with the Nets, they have to get those two guys. Like they get Lavert, they get Allen. Like those are two solid pieces. Whatever else is good, but if mm-hmm. you get those two guys, it's cool. And then I realized that they didn't get either one of those dudes, or they had Lavert, but then they just to trade him for like Oladipo. I was heartbroken. <laughs> I was yeah. like, "What are you doing, yep. Allen in Cleveland?" I'm like, "What is going on right now?" <laughs> honestly, and yeah, to see that happen was upsetting to me. Yeah, honestly, that Karis Lavert and Jared Allen are nice players, but they're not like. Uh, they're players that are really good on a team that's going to the playoffs or like a contending team or something like that. They're good, like they're good pieces, but mm-hmm. on a team that's rebuilding, I just don't, I saw the vision. Um, I think they chose wrong, obviously with Oladipo and Levert because Levert probably had more trade value um, than Oladipo. I mean, all you got back was Kelly on Lennox and, you know, scraps, scrap metals. Yeah. And, <laughs> So Myers Leonard's ghost, I'm sure it's part of that deal or something. He went to so he went, I think, <laughs> he, went he went someplace. <laughs> he, he, went got somewhere. Banished. he got banished somewhere. So <laughs> yeah. So I mean I at that part of the trade I wasn't too concerned about. The part that I didn't like was that they just turned down Ben Simmons and um yeah. and Fiber. And probably just like a mid round first round pick or something like that when you could have had Ben Simmons to go with, you know, Kevin Porter and Christian Wood. Definitely. You're talking about the fact that it's a rebuild and, the, you know, cause you're right. I mean, Allen's a guy that he's your starting center, but he's not a piece that's going to move the needle as far as uh, like the stars that you need to compete. And with Ben Simmons at the very least w- w- with his, you know, his big fly can't shoot or whatever, the idea that he's still is one of those pieces where it's like, all right, he is someone you can wholeheartedly build around. Yeah. Uh, yeah that would have been great. And to get a guy like Thibel, he's a UW guy. So to yeah. see him, uh, you know he's he's a you know one of the he's going to be a great three and D guy going forward for like ten years plus in the league. Yeah, uh, that would have been a much better call. I would have loved it. Yeah, I mean it was just a rough bet to bet on the Nets and all their picks. I mean I get why you do it, but I kind of wish they would have taken the bird in the hand with Simmons. But you know we'll we'll see in you know fifteen years if I if they made the right choice. <laughs> I know it's always funny because we're trying to judge these things now and then we look back later and it's like. Well, maybe that wasn't so bad, you know? Maybe that wasn't so bad at all. Yeah, I mean, if they can get the number one, if they can just keep their pick, you know, it would be worth it, I guess. Man, and then, uh, Greg, since we just kind of did a little rundown on the Rockets right now, what for the – let's talk Bulls right now. Uh, with Levine out, I mean, basically, what is – I would just love to know, like, what you think the move is going forward. Like, do, do you throw the money at Levine when it, uh, when it comes up, coming up here, uh, if he can get the max? Do you throw it at him or do you try to find something else? Like, what is the move? I think that you can build around, you can build around a player like him. I think that coming into when Levine first came to Chicago, I was like kind of confused um, just because it was like the the whole situation with Jimmy Butler. Um, I understood why Jimmy Butler left. It's the same reason why I don't like to uh, publicly admit that I'm a Bulls fan is because just like that organization is ran terribly. Um, 
And so when he left, it was I was just confused as to like, all right, well, we're getting in Levine because even though I'm a UCLA fan, um, when Levine first got into the league, I was like, all right, he's probably going to be one of those guys that just ends up like a good sixth role player. But when he before he got injured, Levine was playing great basketball, and then he got injured um, as he was like starting to climb. And I was like, damn, that's probably the tail end of his career now because he's not going to peak again. And now to see like the brand of basketball he's playing now, he's definitely a player that you can build around. I know a lot of the rumors are not a lot of the conversations are around, you know, going to get Lonzo um, in summer as he's a free agent. I don't want to throw all my eggs in that one basket just because like that would be a dream come true to have a, a scorer like Levine have the pressure taken off of him of the ball handling abilities. And then you put Lonzo in a situation where he has a, a, a boot, he has a Levine and then he has, you know, vets around him in that organization. I feel like that would be the perfect pairing. But I think going forward, they will throw the money at him. But I'm just I'm concerned about how much they will throw at him because you, you can't give him all the money um, that he probably will ask for because he, he does deserve it. But you also need another piece like this. This team is is, is not going to be a, a top seven team in the East with just the pieces we have now. Like there has to be more moves made. And even like the the move they made at trade de- the trade deadline, it was like a it was like a, a breath of fresh air because the Bulls have never went out and grabbed a player during their prime or as they're peaking it like they did with Butte. Um, even like thinking back to what we did with Dwayne Wade and Rondo and, and even prior to that, like John Salmons and Rip Hamilton, we've never had a player as they were peaking. So I feel like with this new regime in the front office. They they will make the right moves in the summer, but I think that you can't just build solely around Levine and Vooch. You got to get another uh you gotta get another piece. Yeah, well, because the, the what I loved about that trade too is also not just what you added, but what you were able to like take away. Like to get Porter out of there, get his contract out of there is yeah. gigantic. Um for a lot of reasons. And then to get Carter out of there only because he just needed to change the scenery. Yeah. You know, it's one of those cats. Like in Orlando, I I I say it all the time that Orlando is the place you go it's like the land of lost toys you know what i mean like you go there <laughs> and you figure yourself out and then you and then you figure it out you know and then you and then you come back and hopefully you're strong you go to another team and you're good but it's yeah. a great place for guys who are a little lost to go and try to find themselves and there's not a lot of pressure down there and and carter's been playing fine down there he's yep. been doing okay um but yeah but to get those pieces out of there now you just need to get little uh get marketing out of there Kobe White's got to get out of there too. Yeah. He's got to get out. Really, it's just at this point you have two stars, and you can easily get a third to come to Chicago. And now it's for me the third star is equally as important as just getting a better bench behind you guys because mm-hmm. they just need more help, like on a on a real like foundation level. I mean, Den- Denzel Valentine should not be in the league. He shouldn't. He, There's no been reason. Been I, been be, I love to be I thought he was great. Offer and he signed it so fast last time. He said perfect. Yeah, I didn't understand oh, yeah. that. He <laughs> so quick. I've been screaming this for three years. I don't understand why that man is still in the league. But I definitely agree with you. I think that they they that that third piece is as equally important as building the bench. And for the first time, I feel like Chicago was like an actual destination for free agency because this have despite like the Chicago being a big market in the NBA, we failed to capitalize on 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 great signings or uh, getting great players. The closest we got was Carmelo Anthony. Uh, 10 years 10 plus years ago so i think like now is really the time to to capitalize on the market that we have because i don't know whenever whenever there's gonna be another time like this where it's an actual like destination to where a big name would want to go 
Yeah, and Zach Levine's only what, like 25, 26 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, he's a hardworking kid too. He yeah. works so hard. You see the videos of that dude? His his what house in Bellevue with his dad, yeah, is nuts. Yeah. Um, he's working really hard. My whole thing with Levine too is that I just didn't see him playing defense ever. And that was my biggest thing. Was like, dude, he's he's defensively, he just allows himself to get beat up every night. And he's definitely put a lot more effort to that this year. I mean, he's upped his offensive game for sure. But yeah. on defense, he's he's understanding that the work the work that he puts in on so much work he puts in on offense had to eventually like he had to put that same effort into defense. So to yeah. see him do that finally is really nice. And that's why he's about to get that max money. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. I, I met him actually when I was uh, I coached at the Zeke tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Isaiah Thomas's tournament that he does, a like pro-am tournament. And uh, and Levine was there playing. And I, it was right after he signed his last deal. And he was like $80 million or something. I was like, hey, man, congrats on the bag. And, and he was just like, he was cool. He was like, hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. But it's funny because all I ever hear too is that as as uh, hard like as hardworking as he is that he's like not a nice guy <laughs> like everyone and that's like the rumor around Seattle so that he's just like not that cool of a dude <laughs> like uh like he's he's that cat that'll just kind of like like he'll say what up to you and then when you turn away like he look at someone else and like laugh you know what I mean like yeah. you know, someone else yeah, like yeah. you know and it's like oh man you one hate of to those see type it. of people yep <laughs> dude yeah the uh that was a lot of fun actually dude it was weird to meet I met Terrence Ross in the bathroom. <laughs> like it was super Damn. awkward, dude. dude so, no, dude, check us out. So it was super weird. Hopefully, so as far as autograph, while you're no, no. Here's the thing: I wasn't gonna say anything to him at all, right? Because we're both at a urinals, and I'm not gonna say anything to a man at a urinal. Yeah. You know, come on. You know, in any in any situation, you try not to do that. Um, but then we're we're sitting there at, at the sink, right? We're both at the sink sitting there, just us in there. And I, all I asked him, I looked at him, and I was like, "Hey, man, so uh, Amber Rose, was that worth it?" <laughs> he was like, dude, this dude looked over at me and just lost it. And then just like just dashed me up and goes, Yeah, man, yeah, man, she was. And I was like, Great. That's all I need to know, man. I respect and we walked it. out of there and he was so dude, he was so he was so chill. I respect yeah, that, man. He was uh he was a lot of fun, bro. Said, yeah, it was. <laughs> I respect yeah, the honest oh, man. Yeah, he was uh yeah, he's uh he's a fun dude, man. Every that's the thing, every, everyone that Isaiah brought through was really nice. Uh anyone I met was just really a chill guy. Good times, man. Isaiah, good to see him get back in the league, even even for just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, so he's my probably my favorite player in the league at this point, just because of uh, everything he went through and, and whatnot. That's why around here we are not a Celtics friendly podcast uh, for yeah. the most part. When a- when Abe comes on, it's cool because Abe's a nice guy. But uh, other, than that, <laughs> other right, than that, other than that, no, I'm full support. I'm full Danny Ainge ruined that young man. Yeah. He ruined. He, then sent him off to Cleveland, man. Imagine someone, imagine right now you're at your job and you're having a good time. You're doing what you do. And then randomly, Hey, Oh man, I messed my ankle up or I'm sick today. Can't come in. Really sorry. You know, put in a lot of good work for you, but I, I'm, I'm a little hurt. I'll be out a couple of days. Sorry, dude. You actually have to move to Cleveland now <laughs> doing your same job, but you have to move to Cleveland. So yeah, there you go. That's a uh, housing market's good though. Right. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. He's gonna find a he would have he would have found a beautiful home there in uh, in the suburbs, the dreary suburbs of Ohio. Because you're gonna There's, spend uh, so much time <laughs> there, not doing anything. There's a casino. No. It's all right. Yeah, there's. I'm sure there's a casino around. He's have a good time. Um, anyway, Mellow Ball's coming back. Yes, sir. Uh, which is great. Do you guys think that that at least makes the East a little more interesting? I know that's kind of a dumb question in the sense that we know the top three seeds are pretty dominant but do we think that having mellow gives them enough to maybe force a you know force a six seven game series out of somebody uh they're in the eighth seed right now um 
which means they're in the plan. Indeed. So, so you got to get through that first for sure. Yeah. So that means they're slotted right now to play the Pacers. Um, and I think they could probably beat the Pacers. Uh, but after that, you know, they got to face the if, they got to play the Sixers. Yeah, <laughs> it's murky. If and the Sixers got, were to retain got. that first seat, <laughs> they may be able to force six games. It was Doc Rivers we're talking about here. Y'all got to remember that. That's true. No, dude, that's <laughs> dude, that's my thing with, uh, with Philly. It's it's it's, uh, it's always that they just don't like certain guys just don't have that ability to win. I know MB came so close with, with Kawhi and everything. Mm-hmm. You know that Kawhi shot. I just don't know how close they were, but like. That my in my eyes, that was the closest Embiid is ever going to actually get to a finals like that. You know what I mean? I don't know what it was, but there's certain guys that like Westbrook's like this, like guys who are extremely talented and can carry a team in the regular season and make them look good, make everyone look good, everything's cool. And then when you get them in these certain situations, they just can't close in the right way. No arguments about that. I think yeah, I'm about, not worried about the I'm not worried about the first round with them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't see. Yeah, the, no, 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 I don't not the first. I don't see the Hornets beating them. But at least no, 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 I don't think Hornets are going to beat them at all. <laughs> they can yeah, at least no, no, four no. six games though. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I just love watching him and Miles Bridges play. Yeah, that that's Bridges is so much fun, dude. Dude, like, he had he had another like he's at this point it's every night. I don't every every night he has another dunk. Every night he has another dunk that everyone you know there's certain dunks where you just see him you'll see the clip and like if it's just you sitting on your phone. By yourself somewhere, just and out loud, like you audibly say, like, "Wow, <laughs> like, yeah. god damn!" Like it's like, dude, that that's insane. <laughs> yeah, he's now doing that, and he's bodying people too. Yes, yes, which is, is even scary. That's what I like about these younger dudes because they've been bodying dudes like on camera, whether it's on YouTube or whatever mm-hmm. it is. They've been catching bodies like that in a major way since they were kids. Now, like yeah. that's a generation that were all they've been doing that since they were fifteen. Yep, on camera, and so now they know how to sell it. And so now everyone is coming out ready to put everyone on a poster. There's no intimidation to that part of the game. As far as that goes, if you're athletic enough, they're going to jump with you. Ooh. These kids, I don't know what's in the water with these uh, 2000 kids, but it's definitely some crack <laughs> because Dude. they shouldn't be jumping yeah. like the way this man is jumping. Like it's certain people just... to where they got like leaping ability like that. Like you will see a dunk I'm like, oh, okay. Then you won't see it for like another two weeks. With him, it's literally every night you have to question like, every is day. this an old dunk? Did I miss this game? I was like, no, this just happened 20 minutes ago. And then, like, you're scrolling through your Instagram, and then you'll see another one. It's like, this is the same game. Yeah, I see the highlights tonight. He just yammed on the bulls, too. Yep. That's the one I was talking about. <laughs> the one he did on Vooch. The two-footer. Oh, my God, Vooch? Vooch? A, I didn't even see that one. A two-footer on Vooch. <laughs> and that's a legit – that's a seven-foot, like, yes. Serbian dude, right? Like, yes. That's like – like, like, guys like that kill people in the mob. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like – and he just take. oh, that's too much, man. He's really got to chill out, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the Hornets are Hornets are definitely league pass league pass team. Like, yeah, oh definitely. Night, I mean that's why it's gonna happen. That's why Melo's so special, man. It's because like he's obviously extremely talented, but he's just somebody that I will always turn on. That I will always want to watch. Mm-hmm. There's certain matchups you see where you're like, oh, I'll watch it because it's ball, but like, you know, I'm not stoked. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I'm not extremely excited on the matchup at all. And with him, he's one of those guys. I will always turn it on. It, like Zion, like those cats. It's it. There's always, yeah, I will always turn on the TV for them. Yeah. Um, could be more excited. Zion just continues to get better too. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on with him as far as like why he keeps projecting so much. Because for for a while, people were like ready to give up on him. Like they thought that like he had hit his yeah. somehow. I thought people thought he had yeah. hit his peak last year, even though he didn't play that many games. I'm like, how can you like base his whole career off of uh, injury riddled season to where he didn't play that many games and his team didn't make the, the playoffs? Like. 
<laughs> where are you coming up with these conclusions? It's not fact based. Yeah, it's it's crazy to watch him. What's weird is that usually a guy like him where he can't really shoot and they know everyone on the floor knows he just wants to get to the rim on you. That's all he wants to do. That's his comfort zone. If you can stop him from doing that, you could win the game. You could hold him to something under his average and you could win. But like we're almost through this season and we've and he's had last season and everything. But to see him through this season, especially where the numbers just continue to get better and no one there's not even a chatter on like, oh, well, this is how you should try to stop. Because they're, at this point, mm-hmm. that's common knowledge on what to do, but no one can do it. And so it's kind of this weird standstill where people are just kind of letting him or like pretty much just putting on him and there's nothing they can do. And so it's like it's weird to see like at this point the NBA where they don't have an adjustment for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. There, was a, there was a highlight when we were playing the Knicks, I think, on Sunday where he just like bodied straight through Randall like it was like he was nothing. Yeah. Oh, that matchup was so much fun to watch yeah. because those because Randall is a monster in his own right, but for whatever reason Zion is like just the burliest dude out there all the time. Like last year, there was a clip where he took the ball out of Giannis's mm-hmm. hands. Have you guys seen that where he squeezed yep. the ball out of his hands? And it's crazy because Giannis is a monster the freak. This <laughs> is literally like, Greek freak. Zion, Zion walked up and Zion walked up and took it from him like it was uh one of those little plastic like bouncing balls that you get in like the. People jump in the, yeah. in the pits, you know, in, in like, like Kmart's and whatever, Walmart's and stuff. Like, that is, yeah. And he's took it from him. And to watch him body Randall like that, who is, like we've been talking about, is on an, like an all-NBA-level tear. To see him, like, just treat him like a child, was it's nuts. It's crazy. And this man is a, stay it's healthy. a kid. Just stay can, healthy. Can he, be, can he be the person you build your team around? That's my question. Man, it, it, you have to have – it can't be a traditional roster. You know what I mean? With certain stars, you have a certain out, a certain like blueprint on what you need to put around them. With him, you need shooters, obviously, but then you need guys that are just, I don't know, you need guys that are just kind of good with the, uh, I don't know, kind of the randomness of who he is. You know what I mean? And like the uniqueness yeah, of Because he, he needs the ball in his hand. I feel like he's got to be this like point Zion to be like, yeah, to be this version, this best version of himself. And, you know, they're only got, they're in 11th place in the West and the talent is there and everything like that, but they just can't win. Yeah. And so my, that's my biggest concern is like, how do you, how do you build this, a team around a, what's he six, seven, six, think, seven power forward. Yeah. I think the problem right now with new Orleans is also like youth has been on their side since, since they drafted him. So he hasn't been on a roster to where he's had that veteran leadership to where, you know, you know, he could be pointing Zion, but there's also need to be times to where he's learning from someone. They're all learning from each other because the most senior person they had on the team was JJ Reddick for a while. And JJ Reddick was, yeah, he's a veteran, but JJ Reddick is a shooter. So they're all not really looking to, to JJ Reddick to learn things about the game other than shooting, but they need someone in that, in that leadership. And granted, Drew was there as well, but that whole time Drew was there it was like, it was trade rumors. So they didn't know whether Drew was leaving. They didn't know whether Alonzo was leaving or they didn't know whether one of them was getting traded. They didn't know whether Drew was leaving in the summer or what was going on. So I think that they haven't, yeah, they didn't have that, that, that structure of stability there. So I think once you get like people around him and people he can take to and people can learn from, I think that there's definitely going to be some improvements um, around him. But I think that you can build a, a franchise around him. But just like Riley said, it's just, it has to be the right pieces. Um, like they they have some of the right pieces right now, but it's just it's youth. They're all learning from each other. Well, also to something I saw on Twitter actually, uh, Jason Maples, um, 
cool dude from uh from SAW for sure. He uh he has a podcast here, actually Temple of Hoop that people should check out. It's uh he knows he knows his stuff, but he was talking about the fact that they have the worst floor spacing in the league by far. That like Zion and Ingram could be doing so much more. Uh, but they literally shoot, they literally space the floor worse than any team in the NBA. And then it's like because of that lack of shooting and because they insist on packing the pain with guys like Adams um, and Hayes and stuff that like those are good pieces. But the fact they should probably move those guys um, to open up the floor a little bit. I think that'd be that would help them out a ton as yeah. well. Because uh, Ingram Ingram's had a great year. He just yeah. needs to he just needs like, yeah, they just need more spacing, basically. And they'll be good. I just want to like you said, the uncertainty doesn't help. Not knowing if Lonzo's going to stay or go. Uh, Redick leaving the way Redick left and how weird that was. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. JJ Redick and that whole thing, he came he off like the, really like. He lit them uh, on fire. He lit the franchise on fire. On yeah, he did, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in his because he has I still a haven't listened to that yet. Yeah, no, he pretty much just says that like they, like he straight up says that they're not going to get honesty from them. And then it's like, and then he goes to like almost, you think he's going to clean up that statement, you know, and go, well, I mean this instead of this. Mm-hmm. And instead he just doubles down. He's like, well, no, no. Yeah. They're, yeah. You're not going to get transparency from that. <laughs> from them. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, damn. All right. <laughs> like, but no, but he, he as much I really enjoyed JJ Reddick, but he didn't, he's one of those, he just sounded really entitled to a certain point. It was like, they said they were going to do this when I said this, this, and this. And it's like, but then they didn't because they couldn't, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. that sucks. But like, it's also like, don't forget JJ. It's still a business. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Sorry, man, but you, you remember you are a you are a bench shooter. You're a great shooter, an amazing shooter, but also you're not exactly the piece that yeah. is going to change the tide for some teams. So yeah, I'm, you know it sucks. He's in Dallas. I know he wanted to be closer to home. So I do. I it does suck for him family wise, but also like him going off like he did. I was like, man, you're you're very confident in yourself, JJ, which we know. But yeah, I still have to listen to. I haven't listened to that, but I did uh, read excerpts. Um, but it did sound like he was he was going crazy on those episodes of this podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah, he was not holding back anything, and it was uh, it's great, man. That's what I love right now. I love the space of NBA players creating their own podcasts and stuff, and like yeah. former players especially, and just seeing it's just great to hear those stories and stuff. Obviously, we love hearing stories of these players during their playing days or or whatever, just little tidbits and things. Yeah. Um. So that's fantastic to see. Uh. I think here. Yeah, I mean they're they're probably an honesty like two pieces away from like really being a really competitive team. Um because they need they need a player like Miles Turner, um honestly for them as a big man because Zion can't play any defense. Um and if they were able to get a swing of move for like a Miles Turner type of player, you know, that can space out to the three but play defense on the other end. You know, and probably keep Alonzo, you know, have you got Zion and Ingram, Josh Hart. You know, they got a good nucleus yeah, there. They definitely. just need they just need a couple pieces. Yeah, and like and it's crazy because Miles Turner has been on the trade block for what feels like ten years. Yeah. <laughs> like he's constantly they're like, Oh yeah, we got it, we're gonna move him, we're gonna move him, and they just never do. And uh but you're right, I think that'd be a great fit for them. And I think uh I mean, see, and Steven Adams, I assume they got to get rid of him. And I assume wherever he goes, he's going to help that team. Oh, a lot. Yeah. But it's if just the team with Zion on it, him, it's just not going to work. Uh, they, just, they just signed him, though. So he's not going. Like, they're paying him like $23 million a year. I know, but that's that's what I'm saying. When is they, that when what they his contract did that, is? I didn't understand. It's a yeah. lot. He's getting paid. Shit. He's getting paid a lot. Yeah, they re-signed him to like a new deal the summer after they traded for him. Oh, yeah, they did. Golly. 
Yeah. So it's a lot of money. And they have to find a way to figure that out because he is now a giant brick in the middle yeah. of the paint all the time. And he's great at what he does. I love Steven Adams, but you can't not. Yeah. Like we we're saying, it has to be a unique, a unique roster to build around Zion like that. Yeah. And he just doesn't fit what they're trying to do. But there's the thing is, I don't think that the Pelicans even get that yet. You know, like I like we know that <laughs> to yeah. be a fact. I don't think that they're aware of that at it's, all. It's like the the kids say, like it's a bunch of young kids. They're just vibing. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we're, just, we're the best out, of man. friends. We were dunking, shooting three pointers. <laughs> we'll yeah, figure it out sooner or later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it eventually, dude. It'll all work out in the end. Basically, it's a very uh, very sketchy game to play yeah. <laughs> for sure. But we'll see. Also, uh, do you guys think that the Jazz are actually a contender to come out of the West? Um, I think what's out of the West is that like to be a to be in the well, championship we'll say, we'll game say, we'll or say to be in the West it, finals? Yeah, we'll we'll say we'll say make the West finals, and then from there, do you think they can get make the finals and actually come out of the West uh, as the lone the lone participant from the West? I think they can make it to the West finals. Right, um, right. I I don't see them coming out of the West. I think. You know, your top four teams are going to be, in some order, it's going to be Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, and Lakers. You know, and that's, uh, or maybe throw the Nuggets in there to pay if they can get the right matchup. But I think those are your top four teams. And from there, it's kind of whoever's not going to play the Lakers is going to make it to the West Finals. Yeah. I, yeah. I think at the, I want to say that the, I think they can, I think they can get there. Because I mean, the way I look at it, I guess, I look at them and the Nuggets in a similar plane as far as watching the Nuggets do that in the bubble last year. If they can do that, then the Jazz can certainly do that. I know it's different circumstances and like different, you know, they're in the bubble, it's a little different. But if they're able to go on a run like that, I think the Jazz are capable of that. I think Clarkson has to refine himself. When he was clicking earlier in the season, they were a different animal. Yeah. They've been doing great, but like he, they were a different animal when he was the sixth man of the year off the bench. Um, so if, they, if he can figure figure himself out before the season ends, I think they're that much more dangerous because that's what they lack. They lack that. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is an amazing scorer, amazing. but they you need someone else, you know, like, like, and Bogdanovich is good too. I enjoy what he does. Ingles will pitch in. They have a lot of guys who will pitch in, yeah. but not, they don't have a lot of guys who can really take over. It's Mitchell. And then that's it. So I think that, uh, Clarkson's going to be key, but I think they can do it. You know? I mean, it's, it's the jazz. It's so funny. Remember when LeBron said that no one picks the jazz? Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the funniest. That was one of the most relatable things that Bron's ever said. I think everyone, everyone like went, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like You're right, dude. We don't, no one chooses them ever. I mean, think about all the, I mean, Carl Malone sucks as a human being, so I don't really care how people view him yeah. as a player, you know, but John Stockton gets so disrespected all the time yep. for everything he did. And it's like, and it's strictly because if he was not on the Jazz, we look at him totally different. Oh yeah, yeah, without you know? a, without a doubt. And also, I think that they, I think that they make it to the Western Conference Finals. I don't know if they make it out. Um, it just depends on who they match up against. But yeah. also think about just like when you was bringing up the 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 aspect of what the Nuggets did in the bubble. The the Jazz, we we know for years that that arena is is one of the toughest arenas to play in, whether it's because of where it's located or because of its fans. It, you can't ignore that that's one of the toughest arenas and it shows within their regular season. Like they have the best um, home record throughout the regular season so far. And it's like, it's no, it's not by surprise. It's like year in and year out, the jazz has one of the better home uh, records. And I think you take that into a playoff atmosphere to where everybody was accustomed to the bubble bubble last year. And then when you're like trying to get reaccustomed to now playing in their own home, you go into Utah. I don't, I don't know too many teams that's, that's going to, 
win a seven-game series or, I mean, win four games, uh, not four games, uh, win three games in Utah because they have home court advantage. Yeah, that's going to be really tough. That could be really tough for sure. My only concern with the Jazz, I think their defense is great. I think they're a great team, and I love – my wife can attest to this. I love Donovan Mitchell. He's probably one of my top five favorite players to watch. Love watching the guy. Root for him every day. I just don't know if he can be like the lead offensive engine for a championship team. Why not? Yeah, that's and, a fair question. That's a really fair question. And I love I love him. I think he's a star. One of my top five. One of my top five favorite players to watch. Um, but you know when they when you get into when you're getting that deep into the playoffs, things tend to slow down. Um, the Jazz are one of those teams that thrive off of ball movement and screens and back picks and, you know, putting teams through the washer. And, you know, a lot of that stuff tends to slow down. And, unfortunately, Donovan Mitchell is, you know, a 6'2 shooting guard. And it's <laughs> – I, I love the dude, and I, I think he's a great player. I just don't know if he can get you over the hump to that title game. What are, yeah. your, uh, what are your reserves for him getting you over the hump? Like, uh, I don't know, speaking about, like, his size and his style of play, is that just all it is? Or um, His off-the-bounce three has gotten better this year hmm. um, and everything like that. I think he's just not the one-on-one player that I think you really need that deep um, in the playoffs right there. I think – once they get the ball moving, they're really good. But my reserves is just that, you know, when you're going up against a LeBron, a Kawhi, um, I don't trust Paul George. But, you no. know, <laughs> the, those no. those type of players, you know, it's it's not comparable. Yeah. It's not apples to apples to me. It's apples to oranges. I think he's a star, but I don't think he's the star. I get you. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's fair. I think, and I think that's the, obviously their big question. I think that's why also, like, well, I was mentioning Clarkson, like why he needs to do what he does because they lack that for sure. And, of course, I mean, you can win a lot of games with ball movement and playing sound and technical, but at a certain point we've seen that it eventually becomes one-on-one. When it comes down to it, it eventually becomes down to who can go, who can go get a bucket. And yeah. if it's not Mitchell on that team or Clarkson some nights, it's no one. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. It's, it, I mean, you can win a lot of regular season games. When it comes down, you're playing the same team, you know, up to seven times straight. Those things start to erode away because yeah. teams understand how you're coming technically, you know, yeah. and they can exploit it. So we'll see how that goes. I'm really interested to see. I always want to see how the Suns do because now that Chris Paul is Ooh-wee. to watch Chris Paul. I, I, I used to hate on Chris Paul just only in the sense that I thought he was one of those guys who, as good as he was, blamed everybody you know what i mean it was a lot of like just pointing fingers sometimes as opposed to like taking the credit for them not advancing like with the clippers and everything mm-hmm. then watching him do what he did in okc last year really revitalized for me like how because I, I always separated the talent from the guy you know from the player yeah and and he's very talented obviously but yeah to, to watch him when he didn't okc when he went to phoenix i was like oh well watch out because he did he what he did with OKC was with a group of guys who was nowhere near capable of, as capable as the Suns are. A bunch of scrubs. Yeah, <laughs> as, <laughs> compared to the Suns outside, outside of Shea, outside of Shea and like yeah. and Steven Adams when he was still there. That's about it for them. So to see him do that was nuts. And then to see him now go get Devin Booker, Aiton, Bridges, having I love Jay I love Jay Crowder. Like he's mm-hmm. always just a great guy to have on a roster. You know, you need a guy like that, a Morris twin, a Crowder. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you need one of those guys who's down to fight anybody 
but will also be a good three and D guy as well. I think every championship team has to have that. Uh, so they have that in crowd. You can check that off the list. Um, One thing about yeah. uh, Aiden, I think that if they get into the playoffs and, and they have to play against, let's say, a Clippers, they have to play against, shoot, I even say like the, the big men who aren't that much of an offensive threat. I throw in a Gobert in there. Um, they had to play against teams like that. I'm not exactly sure how Aiden would play in the seven game series or uh, against those type of big men because I feel like to uh he he's more aggressive than Carl Anthony Towns, so I'm not gonna say that, but I feel like for a while like Aiden has been like as soft as Carl Anthony Towns. Granted, he's put up great, you know, double double uh throughout his career, but I feel like in times in, in big up in big matches, he he's been disappearing. So to see him in a playoff series, I think will also be a big factor in how they how they do. Granted, they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, so that takes a lot of pressure off of him. But I think that that's also equally important when you get into those that you have to play against uh, AD and Andre Drummond. No, I agree. I think the foul trouble too is gonna could hurt him. Yeah, I think that's gonna be a big deal. But you're right; he he's the biggest question mark as to how deep they'll go. And people will look at Chris Paul for whatever reason, like, oh, like he's because it's like obviously his team. Mm-hmm. What can he do? But he's gonna do everything he can do per usual. But now he has a roster that can really take him there. If if Aiton's willing to do that, Booker's ready to go. Booker, all those all those young dudes who were really like proteges of Kobe, those guys have been locked Man. in since Kobe died. They've been extremely <laughs> locked in, and Booker is one of the prime yeah. prime components of that. Is you know like he is he's ready to go. And Chris Paul's in his ear telling him telling him, hey yep. man, like this is your time. He's good, yep. you know. So he'll be ready to go. Aiton's who I'm worried about in those playoff series and everything. So yeah, I, th- I think if they can, I think if they can figure that out for Aiton and just keep him out of foul trouble, because um, you're right. I mean, even imagine him up against like a Jokic. Like, what is he gonna do? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing like that. That that is the. If I'm the Suns, I want to avoid the Nuggets at all costs because I don't know what. I mean, uh, and also too, it's so embarrassing to get beat by Jokic like that because no matter how he runs, he always looks like he's really out of shape and just dead tired, sloppy, dude. Like, and we all know a guy in like a rec league like that. There's always a dude in a rec league, a huge white dude who is just sweatier than anyone else there, and you hate to guard. Probably pretty hairy. Yeah, probably pretty hairy. Maybe has some goggles on. And he's running around, he's running around like putting up numbers and no one can stop him. And he knows it. everyone knows it, but you hate to lose to him. And <laughs> Jokic is that dude. And so uh, it was usually like Steve or something like that, though. Yeah, Steve. <laughs> yeah, there's always a Steve. Dude, yeah, there's a, uh, it's not good. And yeah, so I hope that, uh, I hope that Aiden, I just want to see, I want to see Chris Paul go far. I really do. Because yeah. at this point, now that LeBron got his, I want to see Bron win with the Lakers at some point, I felt like, especially in the bubble, just because it was like, Let's just get it done. Get him his ring in LA. Everyone will stop hating on him as much. Whatever. Uh, once that was out of the way, I was like, "All right, now it's open for me as a as a fan of no one." Basically, I was like, "Let's just." I just want to see the most interesting story play out. And for me, the Suns are that's very interesting. I'm down to watch that go, like go till the wheels come off. Yeah. So I hope they figure that out. Uh, Chris Paul is probably one of he's probably my favorite player in the NBA. Honestly, he's been my favorite player for a long time. I was. Stoked when the Rockets traded for him. I got a Chris Paul jersey. It's now a, you know, it's now old. It's now, <laughs> it's, it's now, now retro. Old. Seen, it's now seen retro. many winters and like, yeah, dude. So I hope all the good things for Chris Paul now that he's a vegan and everything like that. <laughs> Is he now? He figured out he got in the game and now he's uh. Yeah, that's how he was dude, last year those, with OKC anyway. Dude, all those dudes, man, all the older dudes. I love now you see all these guys that take such good care of themselves. Yeah. 
Chris Paul almost after seeing Chris was it was it last season or the season before that? It may have been last season before COVID. But seeing Chris Paul getting those couple of dunks and saying, you know, the reason why he's doing that is because he changes eating. I was like, wait, man, I may I may need to uh, make some changes in my life. Yeah, I can dunk now. Because that's what this is doing for this old man, and I'm over here in my late twenties, and my knees is hurting like this. It may be my food intake. Yeah, catching oops. Yeah, no. See, I knew I I knew I was never gonna dunk when uh I mess. I'm I'm like five eight right now. So like, basically, me trying to yeah right now. Used to be six feet. So, I mean, sometimes, I mean, sometimes I'll lie, say five nine. Oh, okay, but, uh, got you. Got you. I'm five eight too myself. Yeah, I'm five at the moment because I'm being honest with you guys. I'm five eight. Uh, but no, the uh, yeah. To uh, sorry, I lost my whole train of thought. Now, just lying about my height. But uh, right, you're talking about never knowing how to dunk. Or never. Yeah, no, yeah. But basically, yeah, I messed my knee up uh, when I was 25, and. When I came back from that, I jumped the same height that I could, and I was, and which is not high at all. And I was like, "Well, that's it," you know. That's the end of the dunking journey. I learned early on in my life to get really good at throwing oops and stuff, so that way I could uh, get in on dunks that way. Because oh, I was yeah. like, "I'm never going to be grabbing the rim." Like that. So I learned early on, man. Well, hey, fellas, uh, let's wrap this up, man. Really good uh, first episode here with all, everyone together. Uh, a lot of fun. I'm excited to have you guys uh, on here going forward. Um, you guys, check out Full Court Press on Spotify. And uh, check out SSAW uh, on Facebook. Join the group. Talk some shit to us. Uh, let us know if our takes are trash. And if they are, come fight us about it. <laughs> and see how that goes for you. Uh, you're gonna lose. Uh, it's not going to be fun for you. Um, but yeah, hey, everyone have a good week. And uh, remember to... Uh, just call your mom and dad and everyone you know. Tell them you love them, because uh, right. tomorrow was not promised, y'all. So do not, uh, do not forget. All right. All right. Hey, Thank you guys have a this. great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, see you guys later. Oh.